Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. You know, so many of us as we get older think that we may just retire or life may just um, go downhill a little bit. And we're talking about refuting that concept. We're talking about bringing aging to a very positive point where we can reinvent ourselves, we can recreate what we're doing, we can really make this part of our life the best part of our life. I'm talking to Chip Conley, who is the author of The Making of a Modern Elder, and he has been at the forefront of this movement. Chip Conley is the best-selling author and hospitality entrepreneur, and he's strategic advisor at Airbnb. At the age of 26, he founded Joy de Vivre Hospitality and turned it into the second largest boutique hotel brand in the world. After selling his company in 2010, he joined Airbnb as head of global hospitality and strategy and helped turn it into the world's largest hospitality brand. He's received hospitality's highest honors and the Pioneer Award, and he serves on the boards of the Burning Man Project and Esalen Institute, and is the author of Peak and the New York Times bestselling Emotional Equations. And again, his book um, really is talking about how we can make these years, the making of the modern elder, our best years. Welcome, Chip. Thank you, Patricia. I'm just honored to be with you. Good. So, how did this all start for you in terms of moving from Airbnb to all of a sudden saying, you know what, as I get older, I'm going to talk about how we can make our, we can change this concept? Well, what was curious to me was there's a narrative in society that sort of speaks to the idea that um, after midlife, it all goes downhill. Um, right. And that narrative really defined by often physical looks or by Salary, And the truth is both of those measures, you know, how you look and how active or healthy you are uh, physically as well as the salary you earn, both of those do decline with time. I mean, the, the salary one starts to decline at around age 45 in the tech world and uh, around age 50 in the broader um, economy or workplace. But I, what I was seeing also at the same time was, were these articles on the happiness curve and the euchre of happiness and the fact that uh, people tend to actually hit their low point in happiness as an adult around age 45 or 50, and then it gets mm. better with each decade after that. And so mm. that was one collection of things I was seeing. And the second collection of things I was seeing was at Airbnb. In my own personal experience, I was twice the age of the average employee, um, and I was the in-house mentor to the CEO, but I also was in charge of hospitality and strategy and business development mm. and a bunch of other areas of the company. And what I saw is that there's power moving very quickly to young people faster than we've ever seen it in yes. the history of the world because of our increasing reliance on digital Technology. intelligence. Yeah. But what I was also seeing was these young, young digital leaders needed the modern elders, as I call myself mm-hmm. and others, to be sort of there for them, to actually help make sense, not of the digital world, they were, I was, they were teaching me that, but of the human world. Understanding mm-hmm. our emotions, understanding leadership, understanding strategy. Um, and so I created a very symbiotic relationship uh, with 
the young people at Airbnb where I was teaching them EQ and they were teaching me DQ, EQ Mm -hmm. being emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and DQ being digital intelligence. Chip, I just have to share a story around that because it's so perfect. I don't know if you saw the movie The Intern with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. I love it. Love it. Well, when when that when the when the young boy comes up to him and he's and Robert De Niro is the elder who comes back to work he doesn't need to and you know they're all very digitally oriented and the boy comes in and he's upset and he comes to De Niro and he says I'm really upset he said because my girlfriend broke up with me because I was cheating or flirting or something and he and De Niro said well what did you do and he said I texted her and De Niro said you texted her he says oh yeah but then I emailed her. De Niro said, you emailed her? You have to talk to her. <laughs> and I think, that, I think that's the crux of everything here. Yes. I mean, the, the, technologies can serve us. There's no doubt. There, I'm, I'm not anti-technology, but I think they can also hurt us because they, unless you're savvy about the right way to, to communicate with another human, you may take the wrong path. And what's very clear is young people are probably more knowledgeable about the face of their iPhone and what's working inside that iPhone than the person than the, face of the person that's sitting next to them. I mean, there's a person sitting next to them who has a face, but they right. can't read that face because they've gotten yeah. so good at reading a screen, they don't understand yeah. uh, people's emotions. And so, uh, but I also think there's a lot for us to learn from young people. So this is not a boomer versus millennial right. uh, mud wrestling match. This is really like, hey, there's an intergenerational collaboration that could right. be good for everybody. Yes, I find that I have student interns that work with me, and so I'm the boomer, and they're the millennials, and I learned so much from them, and they learned from me. So it's wonderful. It's it's a wonderful interchange. keeps keeps me very current. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yeah. So in in working with this, what are some of the conclusions you're finding? You are now running an academy for elders, and I'd love you to talk yeah. about that and the purpose of that and what that's doing to really change the face of how we look at aging? Well, so I, I spent four years in the trenches of Airbnb helping the, the founders steer the company, and, and, uh, and then I stepped away from a day-to-day role to becoming just a strategic advisor for them. And that was two years ago. And I, I decided I was going to write this book called, Make, uh, called uh, Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder. Uh, as I was doing the research for the book, I, was, I have a home down in Mexico uh, in a place called uh, Pescadero. Near in, it's about a one hour north of Cabo San Lucas, near Todos Santos, uh, a great old colonial town uh, in Baja, California. And as I, was re- as I was interviewing people for the book, people in midlife, and I define midlife as 35 to 75, which is a very broad, broad it expanse. It is broad. Get, but I think, it, I think it's accurate because I think people start, in a digital society, people start feeling a little irrelevant in their mid-30s. Uh, and many people will actually work past age 65 by choice or necessity. And so 35 to 75 was the, the range of people I was talking to. What I kept hearing was anxiety and bewilderment. Anxiety about, mm. like, how am I going to be able to afford my later years in life? And the bewilderment of, like, I no longer feel relevant in the workplace. Mm. Uh, and so what I decided to do is to, to create the world's first midlife wisdom school. Mm. Uh, midlife, again, being 35 to 75, where people come and um, navigate midlife transitions and help to understand what they've learned. How, how, do you, how do you harvest, cultivate and harvest your wisdom and then maybe repurpose it in new ways out there in the world? 
And so mm-hmm. we started it a year ago. We did a beta program for the first six months, which basically means people uh, came for free for a one-week or two-week program and gave us feedback. 153 people did that. And then since then, we opened this fall and have been completely full um, mm. with people coming, 18 people coming for a one-week period from a Sunday to a Sunday. Uh, and um, t- people from 22 different countries have applied mm. to, to join us. And wow. um, it's, a, it's a social enterprise which basically means that over half the people are on scholarship because I think it's really interesting to see an investment banker and a social worker walk down the beach and spend an hour marveling at the sunset and at the whales Mm. breaching while they're actually sharing their wisdom with each other. And of course, an investment banker and a social worker might have very different wisdom to share with each Mm. other. So it's a beautiful experience. What, what is the result of this? What, what is happening and what do you hope that will happen as you keep evolving with this school or academy? Yeah, what's happening is uh, I didn't realize how many people in this midlife period felt a little lost and felt disconnected. It's the, the number one, the, by far the most profound thing I've seen is just how, how in need people are to express the challenges of going through transitions in midlife. You know, mm-hmm. historically, we mm-hmm. have, when you're going through transitions, society and community has created some kind of ritual or celebration to help you through it. Uh, like, let's, let's use some examples. Um, puberty, you have bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, quinceaneras. Um, yes. And then you go from adolescence to adulthood. And right. you, you know, you have a commencement ceremony. You're graduating from something. You're going to get married, you have a wedding. You're going to have a baby, you have a baby shower. You die, you have a funeral. But between baby shower, Patricia... And funeral, there's nada, nothing. And that's partly because mm. we have added so much longevity in the last hundred years. Yeah. We haven't caught up with rites of passage or ritual. So mm-hmm. people are going through emptiness syndrome, menopause, divorce, their parents dying, um, health crises, changing mm-hmm. their job or career, moving locations. These are all transitions Big. that happen in midlife. Big. And yet yeah. we, we don't really create the, the social crucible for people to support each other. And this is actually particularly true for men because women are actually better at supporting each other than men are. And men just don't show the vulnerability. So we see, we have these men come to the program and like, wow, after the first day, they're sort of shocked by how vulnerable they are. They've felt that they haven't been actually voicing. And when, when they leave or after this experience, what are you hearing, Chip? What's the you know, sort of the resonance moving forward from these people? Great question. Um, the, the resonance has really been around how do I shift my life in a way that is in line with what I see for myself 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the, we do many, many exercises uh, during our week together, but one of them is if you looked at 10 or 15 years and, and saw yourself at that time and were able to come back and give yourself advice today based upon what you want your life to look like 10 or 15 years from now. What's, a, what's that wise advice you would give yourself? Um, and, uh, you know, and we can actually think about what, what's the advice you would have given yourself 15 years ago if you're, I'm 58 years old right now. If I gave myself advice at age 40, what's the advice I would have given myself knowing what I know now? So you take that out, you know, in the future and apply it to today. And then converse with other people about the, but about what's going on in your life. What we find is that people, in some cases, people have been dreading the life they're living because they thought that their life was supposed to, 
to not have any change in it. And mm. like somehow in midlife, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to think that like all of our change is behind us. And, and instead, and there's a word liminal. When someone's in, lim- in a liminal state, they're in between two things, like a mm-hmm. caterpillar to a butterfly. But mm-hmm. once you start to realize that midlife is full of liminality, people go through changes during this time, and you don't resist it, but you actually sort of go with it and say, okay, where is this taking me? Mm-hmm. Um, you actually find that people are not only happier, but they're able to be a little bit more proactive towards saying, you know what? I've been a, I've been a bankruptcy. There's a woman who was in our program last week. I've been a bankruptcy attorney my whole life. I've made good money, but it, I don't love it. And I've always yeah. wanted to actually yeah. uh, work, yeah. with, work with young people and actually set up a program that actually helps young people start businesses, you know, in their teen years, sort of like junior achievement, but I want to do it in my right. local community. So she comes and she says, you know, it's always been a dream, but I didn't know how to get it started. Well, after she does her week, she goes back and says, you know what? I'm in I'm 2019, gonna I'm going to work through the process of me giving up my practice as a lawyer and moving into this. So that's -hmm. that's part of what happens. Yeah, um, is, so is these know, ahas it's, it's where people then take action. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're talking to Chip Conley, who's the author of Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder, and you can log on to chipconley.com. And you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. There's plenty more. We're going to talk more about being a wise elder and what that means and what it will mean in the next 20 years in our society. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And we are talking about aging in a very positive way. We're talking to Chip Conley, who's the author of Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder. And Chip Conley is the best-selling author. He's a hospitality entrepreneur and a strategic advisor at Airbnb. And he has created this incredible academy, the first world's first life midlife academy. So it's called the Modern Mm -hmm. Elder Academy, and it's in Baja, Mexico. So again, it's MEA Modern Elderly Elder Academy, and look it up, because it really helps people repurpose their knowledge and embrace their mastery and their values and the roles of wisdom and purpose. So, and it just started, right? It's it's sort of new. Yeah, it's relatively new, and um, and the key is for people to understand what is what's an elder. Let's talk about that for a moment, because you you actually almost an elderly. And I think there's a big difference between elderly and an elder. And, I, and no offense to being elderly, but elderly is often the state we are in in the last 10 to 15 years of our lives. And when, when the longevity in the United States might have been 60 or 70, uh, then you know, maybe, maybe someone started becoming elderly at age 55 or 60. But the truth is today, you know, we're, we're on the path to potentially getting to a longevity of 90 years old maybe by, by mid-century. So elderly tends to be in, in, later in people's lives, like after about age 75, which is mm-hmm. part of the reason I think midlife actually goes to that point. So to be an elder is a relative term. Um, the average age of the person coming to the Modern Elder Academy is 52. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people say, well, that's not elderly. And yeah, it's not. It's not elderly. It's, it, it's actually being an elder. And, and so what we're trying to do is bring back a new version of an elder, the modern elder, who's as much that uh, curious intern as they are the wise mentor. Um, and so really we believe that, that the elder of the past was regarded with, rev- uh, with, with uh, reverence, but the elder of the present, the modern elder, is about relevance. And to be relevant, you need to be curious about how the world's changing and how you, how you fit your wisdom within that changing world. So that's really the, that's, it's definitely the difference between an elder and an elderly. An elderly. What do you see coming down the pike in the next 10 years? I mean, if we look at millennials, I'm taking the two, you know, extremes, the two ends here, the millennial Uh and the, and the boomer. And I think the millennial is outnumbering the boomer, but not by a lot. But boomers are growing Uh by leaps and bounds. So what do you see in the next 10 years? The landscape will change. Um, I, I think one of the things that we need to recognize is that the idea of um, the digital economy and, and having digital intelligence is, is here to stay. So anybody who wants to sort of you know, be an ostrich and put their head in the sand and sort of say, wake me up when this digital thing is over, um, is, is probably not taking the right path. Does that mean you have to be a software engineer? No. And, and does it mean you have to use digital devices all the time? No. In fact, I think we're seeing that there's a, a little bit of a need for a digital detox for people. But I think it does mean that, there, that younger people are going to have a growing influence on the organizational world because we get more and more reliant on, on digital intelligence. What that means for those of us who are older is 
we, there's a need that we can fill, and that is the need of understanding humans better. Um, the, I think wisdom is all about pattern recognition, recognizing patterns, and it's often recognizing patterns in people. Yes. And the longer you've been on this, yeah, exactly. The longer you've been on this planet, the more you understand mm-hmm. yourself and others. Yeah. And in an organizational context, that, that emotional intelligence has a huge impact, a positive collaborative a- impact on a company. And I think one of the things I've been very encouraged by is HR departments and CEOs are starting to see more and more the invisible productivity they get from having some older people on teams. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, we've thought of diversity in companies as it's about gender and it's about race and maybe about sexual orientation. Well, finally, we're starting to have some conversation about age diversity. How do we have age diversity? And this goes in both directions. If you're an old school company run by, run by older people, um, then you better have some young people in some diversity in your meetings and in your teams. But similarly, if you're a young digital company and you, know, you don't have anybody on a team older than 35, then something's wrong there. And I, I, I saw that at Airbnb. There were times when the young engineers and designers of, of the Airbnb software product wanted to, they were doing things that were great for millennials, but not necessarily great for the, the boomers. For example, mm. taking everything to mobile with its very small font size in a mobile is not exactly what a, an Airbnb host o- over the age of 50 wants. Um, and so there's, mm-hmm. you, know, you have to, I think having uh, employees and people in leadership that mirror the kind of people who are your customers is pretty important for any business. Yeah. So, you see that there will be more boomers or even people over 65 in the workplace in the next few years. You, you feel that? I, I think, well, I think what we're going to see, what we're already seeing is for the last 30 years, there's been a decline uh, or a, um, the, num- the percentage of people 65 and older who are choosing to continue to work past 65 has been growing. And I think that number is going to continue to grow. And in an economy like we're in right now where the unemployment rate is relatively low, there's going to be a continuing need for companies to uh, either bring people back to the workplace or encourage them to stay in the workplace longer. And I think that's going to, that, that will mean that I think we'll probably work longer, which also means you better like what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think of work yeah. as just a terrible thing, I can understand why retirement is what everybody was looking for. Um, yeah. But more and more, I think, you know, people are saying, gosh, I want to make sure I'm doing work that I am proud of and has a purpose to it. Yeah. And have you had people at the Academy who are doing just that, who've been purpose-driven, but maybe in their later years, <clears throat> the business didn't go as well and they've had to reinvent? I mean, have you had older entrepreneurs oh, yeah. in this? We have had older entrepreneurs. In fact, one of, the, one of the facts, there's so many facts that people don't know out there that I wish I, I'm, I'm trying to get it out there, including that fact earlier about the happiness curve and the fact that people are happier at age 70 than they are at age 60 than they are at age 50 than they are at age 40. The, another fact that's interesting is the fastest growing segment of entrepreneurs in the U.S. is people 50 and older. I didn't um, know that. Now, they may, not be, they may not be setting up tech companies in Silicon Valley, but they are, you know, going out and creating, um, you know, a subway franchise, or they're mm-hmm. going out and um, creating a consulting firm that consults on, you know, accounting matters, etc. So I think what what we're seeing is that people are looking at the idea. That, the historical idea was you learn till you're 20 or 25, you earn till you're 65, and then you retire till you die. 
That mm. model suggests that after age 20 or 25, you no longer learn. And that yeah. doesn't make any sense. And right. it also assumes that everybody retires at age 65, and that doesn't make mm. sense for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. So I think people are starting I've to never, that, I've never used that model, Chip, so it's foreign to me. <laughs> thank God. You're, you're, you're ahead of the game, Patricia. Yeah. Well, I think, though, with all due respect, I think we have to say that when you have that, you always have the entrepreneurial challenges are there, too, in terms of staying with the market mm-hmm. and income and dips and curves. So you have to look at that, too. Yes. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, this, this is, um, you know, it's, it's a, it, anybody who's a frightened by change would have a hard time with the world we live in today. Yes. This is, this is a, a world... There's certain things that are sort of dominant that just are always going to be there. You know, the sun gets up in the morning and, the, and it right. goes down at the end of the day. But there's an awful lot of things that are changing and changing rapidly. <clears throat> so um, it's it's important to be open to constantly learning. The idea, learning and curiosity are almost like a, an elixir for life. And yes. I think more and more people need to to recognize that. Just getting curious about life may give you an extra five to ten years of living. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And then you also talk in your book about the, that whole thing of emotional intelligence, that that comes with yeah. age and that's more valuable than ever because this is, you know, this is what we use to help us understand. And as you say, learn and grow is the emotional intelligence too. Yes, there's the, absolutely. Um, you know, our IQ may not grow as we get older and, and there's sort of evidence that suggests that IQ sort of stays at the, around the same uh, over the course of a lifetime but your EQ does grow and it, it grows partly because you have more and more uh, uh, you know opportunity to get to know yourself and other people and as you do that um, what that means is that you are able to understand people better and uh, you know I, we've seen right. it over and, and over again in companies where you know they the, the young people in the company are more focused on themselves because, and this is not just a millennial thing. This is like boomers were like that in their twenties too. Yeah. This is just a stage yeah. of life issue. Yeah. And also the whole neuroplasticity, that whole brain science piece where yeah. our mind is growing, our brain cells are growing at any age. Yes, no doubt. The, the thing that people we hear uh, is, okay, your recall and your, of uh, memory and your uh, how quick you are to answer things goes away as you get older. Well, that, there's some truth to that. What isn't talked about a lot is that um, our brain that starts doing a left brain, right brain tango as we get older. What, what does that mean? It means that we are actually more adept at moving from one side of the brain to the other, which allows mm-hmm. us to think more holistically yeah. and get the gist of something more quickly. Yes. So, um, so there's, yes, I our find brains that. do get better over time. Yeah, yep. yeah, I find that. Right, how can people find your book and find out about the Academy? So, uh, chipconley.com, spelled C-O-N-L-E-Y, chipconley.com, will actually uh, show you some information. There's a whole section on that uh, website about the book, Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder, and then the Modern Elder Academy. Uh, you can actually go directly to the Modern Elder Academy if you want at modernelderacademy.org. What would you like to leave our listeners with, like in 15 seconds, 30 seconds? Which, what's your message? If they... The message is this, is, you know, let's, let's change the way we do the math on our age. Um, I'm 58. Online longevity sites say that I'll live till 98. That means I'm halfway through my adult life if I start counting at age 18. If, mm-hmm. if you knew that half of your adult life was ahead of you, you might start learning to surf, learn Spanish, learn how to cook, etc. because you have a lot of life ahead of you. Thank you so much for being on the program. 
was really, really wonderful. Patricia, it's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Stay on the line for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up this first half hour of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our next interview. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.